We're in a series of episodes right now from the Studebaker Talks, an event we held last fall in collaboration with South Bend City Church to listen to stories about South Bend's people, ingenuity, and progress. And it was a really special night. It was held at City Church's location, which happens to be a former Studebaker factory floor. We had seven speakers, a sold-out crowd of 250 people, and we raised nearly $3,000 for the South Bend Education Foundation. In case you haven't heard, we're doing it again. So save the date, October 7th, 2022, this year, back at Studebaker Building 112. Speaker submissions will be open during the month of May, and early bird tickets will be available sometime this summer. Today, we're hearing from Kathy Streeter, the District Coordinator of Restorative Justice and Restorative Youth Leadership at the South Bend Community Schools. Using circle processes in her classrooms and meetings, Kathy gives children and adult learners a tool for sharing stories about their lives. Enjoy. Thank you. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Kathy, and that's just my name. When I'm in circle and I'm leading a restorative justice conversation, I go by Kathy. It doesn't matter what age, three-year-old through high school, we sit in chairs in a circle at the same height, and we share our stories. And the reason for that, the reason that I'm just Kathy, is that we need, all need a chance to share our stories and to be heard. And when, when we're heard and we become human with our students, then they share their humanness with us, and it helps us to begin to build a connection and a container of trust. Because restorative justice is a way of creating accountability through building relationships. It opens the doorway to relationship accountability, and it allows us to make change over time. It's a layered approach. You could think of layer one as building trust through telling stories, sitting in a circle, being able to contribute or not. We pass a talking piece. It goes around. Everyone has a chance to say uh, something or to not say something. The theme might be friendship. What do you think it takes to be a good friend? Uh, weigh in. <laughs> I like it when people uh, tell me nice things about a friend. I like it when people uh, trust. And you get to weigh in, and you, maybe you'll talk about another topic. Maybe it'll be about what's your favorite superpower? Uh, what, what would be your superpower if you had one? And we do these themed conversations so that we can build a fabric of connections so that the, the more connections we have, the stronger the fabric gets. And if a tear or a breach happens in a relationship and the fabric is tight and the weave is strong, then we can repair it more easily because we've woven some strength together through our connections. So restorative justice opens the window relationship accountability and it allows us to begin to change a 400-year-old paradigm of the way we've always done things in schools. And in order to tell you about uh, the way we've always done things, I need to start with my own story. So let's look at little Kathy. There I am on my first day of school. I'm wearing my little bus name tag and I got my brand new dress. And guess what? I want my teacher to like me. 
I want to have a good relationship and I want to be the best student that I can in school. Because being the best student, uh, I know I'm going to learn a lot and I'm excited to be there. So I'm in first grade. And in first grade, I have this teacher named Mrs. M. And she taught me to read. We're a month or so into school. I haven't quite learned to read yet. But we're um, getting ready to go home. And you know those desks where you lift up the top and it has a little hinge in it? Yeah, I had one of those hinge desks. And just at the moment that we're packing up to go home that day, Mrs. M looks in the little corner of my desk and she says, give me that. <laughs> I'm like, give me what? She says, that paper in the little corner. So I, I pull out that crumpled paper that I didn't know was there and I hand it to her and she shows it to the whole class and says, you broke the rule. You violated the rule. Write your name on the board, or I'll write your name on the board for you, and you're staying after school. I was horrified. What did I do? I missed the memo about when you're supposed to take your papers home. I had no idea. Well, little Kathy decided since that wasn't fair, I would just take it into my own hands, and I was just pretty sure in that concrete operational stage of thinking that if I erased my name from the board, I would erase my name from her mind. <laughs> and guess what? It didn't work. <laughs> I went home anyway, and the next day I came to school. I had to confess <laughs> to what I had done, which was erase my name from the board. Uh, and I, I got a consequence, which was staying at recess, staying at lunch recess, staying at afternoon recess, and put my head down on the desk. So I put my head down on the desk, and I cried. And I learned from that experience, we had a lot of recesses back, day, back in those days, by the way. I learned from that experience that punishment to make a point is just that. She made the point. I got punished. Uh, but I didn't learn... Uh, I learned that she was in control, and I learned that she had the power, and I learned that I should maybe be afraid, uh, but I, didn't, I wasn't affirmed that I belonged in the school community. What I needed, what I needed was a healthy sense of power and autonomy. I needed to be affirmed that I belonged, and I needed to feel safe. And it's really what we all need in school, is we need to build the relationships that help us to feel safe and part of our community. And I didn't get that in that moment. Um, and it's significant enough that I still remember it, because <laughs> I look a little different from that picture. Uh, so little Kathy uh, didn't get what she wanted. And I think a lot of us struggle with uh, the paradigm of punishment to make a point. Uh, because we want to learn from our consequences. We want to be accountable to each other in a relationship. So let me tell you about little Jack. In my, uh, I'm, I'm a restorative justice coordinator, and I've been a teacher for 25 years. Now I have the privilege of guiding conversations and encouraging others to guide conversations in a circle or to have chats. Well, let me tell you about little Jack. When I was teaching kindergarten, little Jack was in my classroom, and when he came to kindergarten... His first day, he was shaking, physically shaking. In fact, he wouldn't sit in our circle time. He would barely sit at a table. He would get under a, a table and kind of shake. And eventually, we got him to come to circle. We got him a little more comfortable. And it happened because every day we passed that talking piece, and the children would hand it to him. And they would say, Jack, do you like red or blue? 
and he would pass it on. Or then they would say, maybe, Jack, do you like vanilla or chocolate ice cream? That was the question. Which one do you like? And eventually Jack would say, chocolate. And over the course of the year, about halfway through, Jack started talking in sentences, and then paragraphs, and then pretty much he just kept talking, 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 and he got so comfortable that he got comfortable enough to be goofy. Okay, so I went to lunch one day, and I came back, and Jack was in the office. I was shocked. Jack was in the office. And I found out that he had done something developmentally appropriate, but inappropriate for kindergarten. And before that day ended, without any input from me, I was handed a piece of paper <laughs> to send home in an envelope for Jack to be suspended from school. And I was stunned. I realized before that moment that the, all the classroom community building that I was doing in my room was helping us build connection, but the connection beyond my classroom was a system that needed change. So my sadness is that I didn't stand up for Jack that day and fight that because I could have solved that with a call home and done some work. Uh, and it didn't need to happen that way. But what I learned from that, I did talk to his parents and we did work on things, but what I learned from that was Jack had gotten comfortable enough to be safe and safe enough to be goofy. And I don't want anything to jeopardize that. And the greater story of that is Jack was a little black boy. And that if you know the story about uh, students of color that are pushed out of classrooms, one in three are more likely to be, uh, to be pushed into the JJC and one in five times more likely to be incarcerated. And we call that the school to prison pipeline. And we want to break that pipeline, but that's not the whole reason for doing restorative justice. It's an absolute important reason. We want to do it because we want to learn how to be better humans. We want to be accountable to each other. We want to learn how to let relationship accountability happen through our storytelling. What we could have done. I could have had a conversation. We could have empowered Jack to have a conversation with the lunchroom lady because what the lunchroom lady needed when he was inappropriate was she needed to have a healthy sense of power and autonomy. She needed affirmation that she belonged in the school community, that when the lunchroom was disrespected, she needed to feel that it could be respected. She needed a sense of safety, and she needed to hear, perhaps, from us empowering Jack, that uh, he didn't understand what he did fully. He was egged on, perhaps, by his friends, and he didn't mean to do it. Or he was willing to offer an apology if he felt comfortable doing so. Same thing with my instructional aid. Could have happened. She needed a healthy sense of power and autonomy to belong. And Jack had the same needs to feel safe, to be affirmed that he belonged, and to help have a healthy sense. So if we're working and we know that we have the same needs, when we cause harm for the first time ever in school that he caused harm, we can come together and we can repair because we have the relationships and we can work together to, to do that. So let me tell you who's been doing the work. Um, here's a group from, this is our team. This is our restorative justice team. Five years ago, when South Bend Schools began investing in, in the work of restorative justice with positions, we formed a team. This is our team from this summer. This summer, our team uh, held a Restorative Justice Foundations Day for over 150 leaders. 
we were able to sit in circle conversations and talk about history, race, justice, language, and future, and how naming <laughs> the stories of our lives and the stories of this work in South Bend can bring us a greater connection and we can work to change the paradigm. It's very difficult to change 400 years of punishment to make a point. The only way we can do that is to challenge the way things have always been and talk about how things can be. Uh, <clears throat> so I am grateful for this team. I'm also grateful for uh, the work we do with restorative conversations. I wanted to tell you one more story about Josephine. Uh, in my high school years of teaching, I had a student named Josephine. And Josephine uh, would come to class late every day. Now, if you've ever taught high school, <laughs> students don't ever come late, right? <laughs> uh, it's tricky to get high school students to come on time. But the point is that she came late every day and kind of came in and I felt like we were really missing each other. And I did my usual teacher things. I moved close, I gave the reminders, you know, I tried my tricks and they weren't working. So I said to her, you know, I think maybe we should have a chat. Let's see if we can work on uh, our relationship. She wasn't so sure, but we found a time. We met up, you know, before class, after class, or during plan time. And I said, Josephine, can we just, I, I think I'm doing something. What's happened for you? What's happening for you in this moment? She said, well, you just don't like me. <laughs> okay. Well, what makes you think I don't like you? What, you know, what's been happening? And well, you never call on me. And every time I come in late, you call me out. And when I borrow a pencil, you're the first with, okay. So what am I doing? What can I, what can we do? How can we work out? How can we work this out to make things right? And we came to an agreement that I would really work hard to not make any comments when she came in. And she said, I'll really try to come in more quietly and be there closer to on time, <laughs> which eventually became pretty good on time. And we worked at it. You know, it's not a magic wand. We don't have dust we can sprinkle and change mindsets. But we came together and we decided we would work on making things right. And that's what this team is doing. Uh, every circle conversation is an incremental change. So if you think about it, every circle, uh, I have one more, yeah, there it is. Every circle is a revolution. Uh, this is a quote I learned from one of my mentors, Dr. Susan Sharp. Every circle is a revolution. Every story we tell can make change. Restorative justice storytelling weaves together the stories of our lives. It holds us accountable to each other mutually, and it gives us relationship accountability. That's our goal. Thank you.